you just have to integrate, right? And marry the two together. And so because they also have to understand how, where we come from and the value we bring, but we can't blame others of not knowing. And also because we have to teach them, right? And so ex explaining the, the rich value that we bring to the table, not only for our culture, but you know, the way we think, our perception, um, you know, just, I mean, this goes back to many, many, many hundreds of years back of being able to, you know, you know, build pyramids. I mean, architectural design, right? It's like, and it's like, well, they didn't have like Google. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they had to figure it out somehow. Right. And so it's like, so I say, you know, so my grandma would say that she would say, yeah, you can do it. And I'm like, okay, grandma. And she goes, do you know why? And I'm like, no, grandma. And she's like, because usted es mexicana. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay. That's the value we bring to the table. We don't make excuses. We figure it out, right? Before YouTube and the internet came around we are the knowledge we are we will figure it out and so and this is like even before encyclopedias right yes. we're like who if anybody who can figure it out it's going to be who latinos <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you can still be a servant leader in corporate america it's your character that matters right it's your character if there's someone who can talk about cultural diversity is professor lina mendoza I mean, how many times have you met a Mexican slash Thai slash American? Well, having been born in Thailand and grown in a Mexican-American community, Lena knows a thing or two about adopting good aspects of your culture, as different as they might seem. By the way, she calls these aspects gifts. She teaches us how to apply them to our personal life. Today, Celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, we learn how to leverage our cultural equity for our own success and the success of those around you. This is Inno Latino. In our first segment, we touch on what it means to have a diverse background the advantages of learning different languages. We also talk about discovering your own gifts or skills and being appreciative of the gifts of those around us. We also touch on different aspects of Hispanic culture and how it can enrich not only our career, but corporate America. Yeah, you heard me. Our Latinidad can bring economic success individually and corporately as well. Lina also helped us combat imposter syndrome. I hope you like it. Hola, mi gente. Bienvenidos a Igno Latino. Welcome to Igno Latino. We have a very, very special guest today, part of our community. She's a, a Latina leader, someone that I personally admire. I want to welcome Lina Mendoza. Bienvenida. Welcome. <laughs> Hola, hola. Yo soy Lina Mendoza. Yo nació en Bangkok, Thailand. Yo soy mexicana chinita. Muchas personas de ahí vienen la chica. Hashtag chinita mexicana. So, <laughs> yo estoy aquí en Silicon Valley, pero mi familia es de Central Valley en la ciudad se llama Woodlake. Pero mi mamá es de Tailandia. Yo nací en Tailandia, pero mi mamá es también de la ausencia y también de Tailandia. So, es oh. diferente. Pero uh, mi papá también, él es de, um, es de Texas, pero mi familia um, es 
is the original de Chihuahua. So thank you for thank you for having me, Gonzalo. So I always love to introduce myself as La Chinita Mexicana because we all have a different <laughs> story. And so muchas personas says, you know, in the Mexicano community, right? And the Latinos, they go, Usted es Mexicana? I go, porque su ojos es la chinita. I go, yo sí. I go, yo soy Mexicana chinita. <laughs> so it's Great. just interesting to always hear that. And they go, you speak Spanish. And I'm like, yeah, because yeah. I'm Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, you know, other people see um, the Latino community as a monolith. Like everyone is the same or everyone's Mexican, Mexican. And, and well, and we have such a great diversity. So you were actually born in Bangkok, Thailand? Yes. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> you moved to the States at what age? At one. And so born okay. in Bangkok, Thailand, and my family in Thailand is from Udon Thani. Udon Thani. So Udon Thani, very small community, very rural, um, definitely very impoverished. And so coming here to the United States at one, so my father was in the military. So I'm called what an, I called an MK, a military kid. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so he was a U.S. Army veteran, and so he's Latino, and then my mother is Asian. Oh, wow. Wonderful. And did you grow up witnessing or being surrounded by both cultures then, Thai and Latina as well? Um, so both, I would say, also an American culture. So yes. one thing mm -hmm. I always extend to people is that, because I always think, what are you? And I didn't identify with race, right? It wouldn't yes. say, oh, you're a Mexicana. And so I would say, I'm American. And they go, honey, you're not white. And I'm like, that's not what that means. That means that I speak mean? English. Right. And so mm -hmm. I didn't, I was, I was always confused that because when you leave the United States, people see you as American. They don't identify you as your like, you know, it your ethnic background, right. Or your race. And so, yeah. um, so I would, it would just say, Oh, you're from America. And so that's why you, they would say you're American. Right. Yeah. And so being able, so I would say that as a kid, and um, you know, even even here in the United States, I'm American, and they're like, "You're not American, like you're oh. you're Mexican," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> right? And so, um, my mother, because of the military base, I think we're always you know kind of sent around like a three course meal. Um, my father would just encourage that, and so she would definitely make us all the Asian, you know, from the Thai and Laos region. But also, um, we would we would learn more about our Latino culture as we grew older, and then as we came back and forth to my grandmother in California because she would make homemade tortillas and nopales. So <laughs> nice. sure, I would definitely learn my Latino culture very well. I love it. And thank you for reminding us that. Um, I mean, I'm an immigrant. I was born and raised in Venezuela. I came here when I was 22. Um, but I'm an American citizen. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. So uh, one of the messages that I would like to get out is the one that you just gave me. Like, no, we are part of this country. We're... Uh, we're part of the culture of this country, you know, not because we are uh, Latinos, Latinas, Latinx, whatever, or Ibero-Americans, or Asian, for instance, or a mix of both, like your case, uh, you know, that beautiful background that you have. You. It doesn't mean that we are not part of an American culture, you know, so thank you for telling us about that rich background of yours. Um, what, uh, where do you go to school, if I may ask? So I went to school in Fresno, California. I went to uh, California State University, Fresno, and I went to my undergraduate. I finished health science, and then I went on to my master's program in vocational rehab counseling. Uh, most of my career did not have anything to do with those two different fields. Uh -huh. And so I love sharing that because people believe in the American dream of you, whatever you go to college for, right? If you go to economics or business, you're going to become a business person. However, I really believe that it's really an, it's the gifts that you were given as a kid 
right? And so there's things you did as a kid and those continue to manifest as you allow them. So education definitely will empower you and advance you, uh, but it's it's what I call extra credit. It's just it helping wow. you extra credit to your full capacity and your full dream. And so, but my degrees have never held me back. They also have not necessarily always advanced me in that way, only when they believe that masters were required. Okay. Um, so just in certain fields like mental health, it's definitely, we do, we do recommend you have that. But I share that because it's really about your journey and how you navigate through and then grabbing your gifts, your talents, and then your educational background to help you plummet forward. So definitely a, di- a very different background. I have a minor in gerontology and a minor in criminology. Wow. So all four different um, arenas, but it has definitely made my um, experience in education much more rich because of that. I bet. I bet you have a deep perspective of human behavior and the human experience in general and the different aspects of the human in different stages of their life or different contexts in society. So I admire you for that. And I love the point that you made that uh, sometimes well, we undervalue our own skills or our own talents we have that we acquired growing up and and think that it's not going to help us in our career. <laughs> and we should actually uh, have a strong base on those to, to move forward. Uh, in my personal experiences, I grew up with a knack for languages. So I, I started learning English in Venezuela when I was seven years old. Okay. And well, I graduated in business and then got a career, uh, another degree in uh, diplomacy and international relations. Okay. But... I just pivoted uh, into my podcast, into the content marketing, uh, but I spent 11 years in the translation industry, and that okay. came mainly from growing up bilingual, not because I went to to school uh, and got a translation degree. <laughs> so, okay. thank Oh, you. wow, because I remember seeing that on your LinkedIn, definitely the, and see, we don't realize that how important it is to speak different languages. So um, there was a lady back in Fresno, and very well, very well poised, beautiful woman, and, you know, just very, um, how would I explain, like high class, you know, uh-huh. carried herself well. And so I go and they, you know, and she, you, when you ask her, what do you do? She goes, I get paid to speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't so that wonderful? What she really did was, well, she does, right? But she brings companies from Mexico to bring to the Central Valley for economic growth. Oh, Wow. The right. So she goes, and you ask her, what do you do? She goes, I get paid to speak Spanish. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. And nice. So, so it's very important, right? And to know what our gifts are. And so, you know, I say that because children sometimes maybe are coloring and they say, well, you can't really become an artist. That's not really a career. And as parents, we only do with what we know, right? And so we're maybe not, maybe um, encourage those gifts and saying, you know, hey, bring in crayons or maybe showing them how to paint in, you know, different formats or like, how do you foster and cultivate those gifts? And so maybe someone was always bossy and telling people what to do. Maybe that was a leadership skill, right? Or they were great at organizing and, um, you know, just different things. And so speaking Spanish, right? And so as I came out to Silicon Valley, my personal experience was different. And so um, because people were not telling me, they weren't encouraging me to speak Spanish. I go, hola, como estas? And they go, good morning, how are you? And I'm like, did I say something wrong? And then they're like, oh, no, how can we help you? And I say, you know, I go, hola, buenos tardes. And they're like, and they would, they just, good afternoon, you know, or de donde eres. And they're like, um, may I ask why you're asking that? And so where I'm from, from the Central Valley, where I spent a majority of my adult life is very normal. Uh-huh. And like very communal, right? Yeah. And so 
Um, but I think some of that here is maybe people were not encouraged to speak Spanish in public. Um, if you're in a servant role and you're kind of, you know, doing landscaping or you're as a waitress, um, you're encouraged to speak English because, you know, people want, you know, and I'm like, really, this is, there's hundreds of countries represented here in the Silicon Valley. That's and I'm, I would think, right, that that would be like, you would be proud of that. But I think some of the assimilation that's encouraged. And so, and so I definitely always try to honor people where they're at and kind of where, where their value system holds them and kind of their experiences. So I would naturally just draw to, you know, those who are like, at least in my office that were servants, you know, they were kind of in that service role, I should say. Right. And so they were they're like, you're always talking to the janitors. I'm like, cause they're the only ones that speak to me in Spanish. And they didn't know that they were degreed. I believe de Colombia, but ella tiene, you know, education mm -hmm. and accounting. So I would tell her, take my job. <laughs> just like, but you not in English. I go, está bien. I go, you know, I would tell her, you can work for a company that speaks Spanish, that services Latino community. And we, we don't value people from their education from different countries. I'm like, why? Like, you're totally missing out on the value they bring from that perspective. And, and they can serve that niche here in the United States. And so, or they can serve a different country. So I say that because it's just, you know, sometimes we're not encouraged to speak Spanish or be ourselves. Wow, Lena, thank you for saying that. So our podcast so far has been downloaded in Mexico, Spain, uh, Ecuador, Peru, Argentina, and I think I'm missing a couple of other countries. So that experience of witnessing other people that have immigrated into the U.S., the, the degrees from those countries of origin are not always valid here in the, in the United States. I don't know why, but that's the case. And what would you say to those who who might think that my background, I don't think it's good enough. I don't think uh, other people are going to value. How can we uh, put ourselves out there and tell, and tell people, actually, I know this, I might have an accent. My original language might be Spanish or might be Portuguese, but actually, I can help you. I can serve you. I can be a leader as well. So what the way I share, you know, as I help people advance, right, or I, I, you know, I tell them, what are your gifts? And it's so interesting, right? So I actually learned that from the Bible. And huh? so from my background is counseling. And so in our, in our career world, we say, you know, Gonzalo, what are your skills, knowledge, and ability, right? What are your qualifications? Yeah. And so in the Bible, it tells you 1 Peter 4, 10, it says, God will give you the gifts. And so you're to use it to build the kingdom. So if you want to translate that in regular terms is what are, what, gifts and values do you bring to build your community right mm -hmm. so as latinos we are very communal we're like hola como estas ¿Dónde, you know de, de donde eres right and so we're so communal and we're like ¿Quieres, you know ¿Quieres cafecito? and so we're, we want to engage with coffee we want to engage with pandose it's very natural for us and so that is team building right and yes. so what are the gifts that you already have since you were a child And how are you going to use that? And so there's things, you know, people have told you, oh my God, you're always chismeando, you're always talking to people. And it's like, well, you're great public relations, you're great yeah. at communication. And so, but we don't see it that way, right? So maybe someone kind of shunned you or kind of didn't encourage that going, hi, you hablo mucho. And it's, it's okay, right? And so, but it's just, I think sometimes we try to fit in our Latino culture and then we try to fit in the American culture. And really it's up to you to identify what you what your gifts are and how you want to use those. And I, I believe they're all valid. 
So I confidently say this in corporate meetings all the time because when they'll ask me about a specific job set they're looking for, I said, oh, you're looking for someone with specific gifts. And they go, yes. And I go, oh, okay, you have yeah. to pay me for that. And they say, we do. And then, and so as Latinos and people of color, we're not taught that these gifts are why we pay you more. <laughs> right? So we said, yes, I'm exactly. They're, they're seeing us defects. <laughs> so the diversity inclusion is also definitely something that's definitely, you know, some people get tired of hearing diversity inclusion, right? But really, like, how are you helping our community become culturally competent? Right? How are you, um, you know, showing them part of who you are and your background? It's our responsibility to share our rich culture and to explain that, right? So, um, so my grandmother just passed, right? And I shared oh, that with you. Yes, thank you. And I, and so it was interesting because my dad described her as she came to this world with not much and has left this world. But if you've seen the flowers, you wouldn't have believed we were in COVID nineteen. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm saying my grandmother is like not of wealth, right? But my grandmother could get nopales, like weeds that you would probably throw away, make caldo, and whatever resources. So she was very great at resource management. But we don't see that as wealth, mm. as money, right? Success. Yeah, exactly. Right? And long time ago, as a single mom, right? And so, um, you know, she had seven children. Her husband had passed away. My, my dad was around 11 or 12. And I share that because she bought property in Woodlake, and her property was paid off. A long time ago, it was $7,000, but that's economic growth, yes. right? And okay. so, you know, maybe that's not stocks and maybe that's not having a 401k, but, you know, we really have to really look at how we manage our personal resources and our wealth and the values that we bring to the table. And I'm telling you, I can't over explain how many times I speak to corporations and they, they look for those gifts that we hide and we're mm -hmm. like, no, you, um, you, have not, you know, I speak English. I'm like, usted habla en español, dime, like, tell me that because that is a value that you bring to the table and they pay you more for that, exactly. right? Uh -huh. And mm. for sharing your cultural competency, sharing the value you bring as a Latino, they pay you more for that and the company makes more for that. And so we don't know that. And it's very important that you don't like hide your gifts, hide your culture, you know, who you are in culture. So um, a, a woman from ABC, uh, ABC7, and so uh -huh. Lillian, yeah, and she had asked me, she goes, how do you show up with your culture. I said, bring tacos. <laughs> I go, who doesn't love tacos? <laughs> she goes, really? I'm like, yeah. And I said, you know, really, I go, it's really going to bring all your colleagues to the table. Right. And so we say that in corporate America and we say that in the marketplace, but let's think about that. Right. Who are we as Latinos communal, right? We naturally lift each other up. I know we were talking about yeah. kind of sitting around our conversation around that, but really think about that. We we, you know, here in the center, we have the Central Valley not far from here. We have ag not far from here. We have tall buildings. And right in the midst of that, you have Latinos from both worlds. So not only do we service corporate America, but we have market workers. We have people who work the fields, who own the fields. And we are communal. We're like, hey, you know, our Latinos, our community is suffering and we need resources. So because we have the economic opportunity, let's purchase backpacks, food, right? And leverage what we have with who we know. Who do we know? Those are our compadres. They work in the field, right? Yes. And so we don't know that your name is Jose, and, but we're going to know because we're communal. We're like, señor, like, usted necesita ayudar. Aquí están, right? We're going to help feed your, you feed our family. We're going to help feed your family. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the richness in our, in our culture. Yeah. Well, there's that saying in, in Spanish, dando y dando. Um, so thank you. And here's my personal experience here in the state of Utah. You know, in, the, in northern Utah, there is a budding technology ecosystem that is being 
growing and I'm trying to help our people become part of that. And what I notice is that those little nodes, if you will, those little members of the Latino community within the technological ecosystem still for different reasons, do not have that sense of community yet because there are not many of us there. And it's really hard to relate in that environment to a community. Is there any suggestion that you, you would give to, to start a community in that type of background or yeah, context? Absolutely. So yeah, we definitely start seeing if you can you know, find internal resources for your organization because they can sometimes fund that, right? They are looking for that diversity inclusion opportunity. Um, how you know how they can build team within their organization so they can get some funding, um, and so if they don't have that as a resource, um, you know, just setting up a, a meetup, setting up an event, right, right, starting that there. You might only have two people, but that's two is more than what you had before, right? And then two turns into four, and then four turns into eight, and so we multiply, um, and that's the power of that. And so really, as you know, I say this entrepreneurs, but this is just an, a common thing I say is you have two things always working for you, 24 hours in the globe. So there's really no excuse for us not to have community and for us not to impact the globe. It's very important that we know that every day we want to have that core value and strengthen that core value, improving the lives of others. So in Utah where you're at, and so it's so awesome that you are coming from a position of like, how do we grow our Latino community, strengthen our advancement, strengthen our, our wanting to advance ourselves, but also our community, it's just starting to show up. It's just connecting and sharing the stories um, and then sharing that safe space because what I see with a Latino coalition, I'm a, I'm a newly appointed board member, is the stories are different. It's beautiful, right? They're like, mm -hmm. oh, I just graduated from college or, I, you know, and a lot, of, a lot of work is ahead of us because I've um, seen some recent grads, USC grad, uh, UC Santa Cruz, and the young ladies, the Latinas, inspiring mm -hmm. Latinas, were saying, I'm from a humble background or I, I'm poor. I said, nah, you went to UC Santa Cruz. There's nothing poor from here on out. <laughs> I said, did your parents buy or rent here? Right? Because it's expensive. And, oh, they, they, and so here's the kicker. She's like, oh, my parents are buying their house. I said, Mija, there's nothing poor. There's nothing you. poor about that, Mija. <laughs> I said, um, even if they're renting, it's nothing poor about that. So uh, she's like, oh, yeah, hon. I'm like, I, but we have to move that right mindset or that our story we call trajectory over to where are we at now right so I look at my grandmother and I'm like that lady's not poor like they had like flowers like the rose parade for her I'm like because <laughs> she had impacted so many lives right and so yes. um and so it's not true right and so it's like you are not maybe you were born in a humble background and you carry a humble spirit but when it comes to your advancement of your people you're to be ambitious. Echela con ganas, And you're rich in so many areas and there's abundance, not only in your opportunities, right? In the connections you make and your opportunities to serve. Even if you can buy a dollar loaf of bread and give that to your community, that is more than what you gave yesterday, right? And so yes. it doesn't have to be a truckload of food, but start with one. And that's the power of being able to connect and creating your own community there, right? And you have your mission. Um, so starting there in Utah, but growing that community. And now we have the globe. And so you'll be able to grab other connections who can, you know, provide you insight. And it's very important that we do that, Gonzalo, because there are, we are the largest demographic. Latinos are the largest demographic in the United States. And we're only, we're like, only going to get bigger, right? Probably because yes. we have a bunch of kids, mm -hmm. but we're only going to get exactly. bigger. Exactly. Let's bring more gente over. So like, kind of like, <laughs> 
And so with that said, what are we doing to help advance our Latino community from not only voting, economic growth, right? Education, you know, um, being able to show each other how to buy homes, investments, um, buy property. So no longer working for the land, owning the land. What are we doing to shape that new story and to shift that? Because it's necessary, right? And so as you advance into higher levels of leadership, you will not see Latinos. Yes. It won't happen. You know, and if you come from a Latino community or Latino serving institution, you will see Latinos. And so I share that with young college students. I said, there are no Latinos when you go, when you walk out of that university. It is all, it's going to be different. You're going to see all your white counterparts. And they're like, really? They go, nobody tells us that. I'm like, I'm telling you so that you don't embrace, you don't um, hold on to that imposter syndrome too long, right? You're like, oh, I don't belong here. I'm like, you, you do belong here. Like, yes. you're here to make change. You're here to make waves. And so it's hard because we don't know what that means or we're, we're a little afraid. And so, um, so as you shared that, you know, earlier, just, you know, how do we start that, right? It's, it's just starting and start with two, right? Start with a dollar. And it's so, but I'm telling you, the more we like, and we, again, we think of money as like wealth, but like, you know, like, I mean, I work with fa- families and I'm like, you know, they go, you know, I go, was, I go, I said tamales, you know, or like, you know how to make tamales? Yeah. And they're like, see me, and I'm like, and then we, I'm like, se vende esto. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so then they're like, we'll sell, right? <laughs> right? And so the American, the Caucasian parents were like, um, we did not know that our parents made tamales. And I'm like, uh, uh see, and they're like, um, we were like, we were like two dozen. And I'm like, oh, that is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then they were buying them for like $36. So. Yeah. And, you know, and so, right. And so it's a resource. And so why do I share that is what value do you bring to the table? As a Latino, you may not have cash, but you know, you can bring tamales, right? Se vende esto, right? So whatever it is that you have, bring that. And then we're able to change the way we live and the way we um, are able to move our community because we're not poor. This is a very wealthy country. This is Ingo Latino. We're back with Lina Mendoza. In this segment, we'll talk about being mindful and compassionate of those around us and their needs. We'll also touch on bringing our gifts to the table and our Latino heritage of resourcefulness. We'll talk about a favorite of mine, servant leadership as well. Enjoy it. You just said that the mindset needs to change and not be perceived as we are needy and are going to always be uh, requesting, begging, sucking, whatever it is from other people who we suppose are in a higher social strata. Actually, if I understand correctly, what you're saying is that we because of our culture, because of our language, because of our knowledge, because our historical background and the experiences we've had, we actually have something positive to give and to, Absolutely. to give to, to society and therefore to other members, even if they are corporate members. Am I right? Absolutely. So wherever you come from, what gifts do you bring to the table? So there's something you know, a lot of things you know, and culturally you know things, right? And so and but we're you know in corporate America, right? We're taught to be a certain way. Yeah. So it's not that you have to be that way. You just have to integrate, right, and marry the two together. Uh-huh. And so because they also have to understand how, where we come from and the value we bring. But we can't blame others of not knowing, and also because we have to teach them, right? And so ex- explaining the the rich value that we bring to the table, not only for our culture, but you know the way we think, our perception. 
Um, you know, just, I mean, this goes back to many, many, many hundreds of years back of being able to, you know, you know, build pyramids. I mean, architectural design, right? It's like, and it's like, well, they didn't have like Google. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they had to figure it out somehow. <laughs> right. And so it's like, so I say, you know, so my grandma would say that she would say, yeah, you can do it. And I'm like, okay, grandma. And she goes, do you know why? And I'm like, no, grandma. And she's like, because usted es mexicana. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so I, to me, that was, that made sense to me. And I said, okay, grandma I said, see. Sí. And then she goes, entiendes? And I said, yes. And so it was just something she just constantly said. And she was like, you're mexicana. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so that just, okay. that just uh, made sense. So I see like one of my uncles who does fiber optics, but, you know, now he has reduced his hours. He's, you know, not quite in retirement, but it's so interesting because like my cousin was like, oh, um, Theo, I would like bread. And he makes like homemade bread. Uh -huh. nice. <laughs> right. And so it doesn't necessarily fall in a gender role. Like, oh, women do that. Uh -huh. And same thing with the women. It's like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're having to do repairs to the house. So my cousin, she did, they were like, dig the trench. And they're like, and she didn't wait for males to arrive. She's like, Andale. I took off the hills and itch on it dug right. the trench and then they're like hey someone brought a boulder she goes yeah i need that it'll be faster boom and she did it and so we just do it and but that's the value we bring to the table we don't make excuses we figure it out right before youtube and the internet came around we are the knowledge we are we will figure it out and so and this is like even before encyclopedias right yes. we're like who, <laughs> if anybody who can figure it out it's going to be who Latinos. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> send us there, we'll find a way. <laughs> right. And so, and I think that's the power. And we don't see that as our power. And it's like, why are you smart? Why are you good? Because you're Latino. And if there's anybody who can do it, it's us. And because we're communal, we can bring our community together. We can advance our kingdom together. Um, we can feed our community, right? And so yes. it's, you know, even whatever we have, no matter at whatever economic status we're in, right? So we, you know, you come to my home, like, get us cafecito, mm -hmm. right? And if you, you come to another home that maybe they don't, they have like, I'm going to make you a, you know, uh, a, a bean, you know, taco. And that's a good, right? So we're always going to make sure our guests are fed. That's a huge cultural value that we bring because we're communal. We, we that's our equity, Yes. Uh -huh. I, I love that term. Right? <laughs> Can't get more corporate than that. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. We know equity because we feed the community. You know, tengo nada, pero aquí están the whole family. Uh, uh, Everybody's uh -huh. dead, right? Exactly. Yes. Oh, I, I remember when, so we've been living in a, a city, a beautiful city called Sandy, 25 minutes south of Salt Lake City. And we live in downtown Salt Lake. And I remember we were in a very Hispanic community. And the day we were moving, one of my daughters fell ill. And I, I was like very overwhelmed. Like, well, how am I going to do this? So I belong to a Hispanic congregation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And all of a sudden, I see an army of them. And on top of that, a neighbor of ours from, from Mexico, she bring burritos for everyone. I was so touched and like, okay, this is a community. This teaches me that I, I need to give back somehow. And I see that you've had that appreciation during your life. Am I right, Lena? Yes, absolutely. I see that servant leadership is a very integrated part 
to you and to your philosophy of life. I'm, I'm thinking now in both languages, I'm sorry. To philosophia de vida. So yes. could, could, would you tell me a little bit more about that, please? Absolutely. So I always start with um, my personal definition of leadership. And so uh -huh. I define leadership as servant leadership, leading with humbleness and humility. And so I say that because I think it's important for you to, to identify and, and find your own um, definition people will give you different definitions. And a lot of people still think leadership is like manager, supervisor, I tell you what to do. And so that is definitely not, that is not aligned with my core values. I'm around a lot of very intelligent people who, are, who have a high capacity. And so I don't tell you what to do, right? And so what I, the way I do it is I come alongside you, Gonzalo, and I work with you and for you. And so anytime that I've ever managed a team, I always refrain, so they go, oh, you're such a great boss. And I said, I work with you and for you. Mm -hmm. My job is to immediately teach you how to take my job. And they go, like, aren't you afraid of competition? I said, no, because I'm on to the next job. And so, <laughs> There you go. Right? And so, and because, right, this is the opportunity to teach you to think on your feet and to really, you know, be an effective decision maker. And it's important, right? So as, as a leader, you want to continue to build other leaders. And you don't, you, you don't tell people what to do. You serve them. Really, you, your leadership should come from a position of peace and like servanthood, right? And so in your heart where, mm -hmm. how can I help Gonzalo improve his life today, right? Whether you work in corporate America, whether it's a community project, it's really come with humbleness and humility because what that does is it gets, I always do this with my hand and I put my one, I, one uh, like the okay sign over my eye saying uh -huh. this is the perspective. And so when you have that servant leadership perspective, you see things differently. So the way I say it with faith is use um, praying for God, God's eyes and ears, right? You uh -huh, lead through your heart, right? And so being able to, you know, navigate through God's kingdom and help people, right? Give no voice to the hand, the helping hand, and you can see things differently. Otherwise, if you're like, do this, do that, you're coming from a place of like, you know, where you're looking down at people rather than you're next to. So humble yourself in spirit. But, you know, so I tell in corporate America, I go ambitious in the boardroom because, of, because it, it doesn't necessarily match culturally. So you can still be a servant leader in corporate America. It's your character that matters, right? Okay. It's your character. And so I've studied that for years and years. And um, as I was hired as a professor in 2013, I had to figure out how to keep the millennials hired and married. <laughs> right. Great. And so that's why I sit and they go, I go, oh, it's around character. And so my college classes are around, you know, college life skills and how to advance in their career. So it was two different classes. And so they go, hey, Miss Mendoza, what do I do? And I said, always be good in character, learn how to connect and communicate effectively. And so it really, you know, they already knew the communal stuff, right? Most of my students were minority students. And I'm like, there's no reason why Gonzalo should be hungry. I, and they go, why? And I'm like, because you work at McDonald's. <laughs> so, <laughs> right and usted, usted tiene un granola bar so and then they pull it out i see it in your backpack and so and they would i go if their head is down i go you make sure someone has a red bull or a starbucks or you know so feed each other positivity feed each other right this the resources that you have that's extra and you know and then when if you do not have the resource at this time learn to pay it forward because it's your character that matters all the time and so you know, I share that about being married because, um, or in a relationship is because millennials will also identify it as like, um, 
you know, I don't care, right? There's actually a bad word that's a term. Supposedly, that's a yeah. <laughs> right. So, but it's not true. It's just that they didn't care about certain things, like mm-hmm. getting paid a lot of money, working to die. <laughs> like, yeah. right? So it was an old adage of like, Echale, work hard, but they wanted to work in love. Like, I want to yeah. be happy. I want to love what I do. And, the, you know, and other generations did not value that thought process. And so why I share that is there, as generations continue to evolve, we can learn to value that thought process, but also bring in new new value systems that really help serve us at a better a better capacity and serve us to to be more happy and healthy. Because we now know, right here we are in COVID nineteen, yes. how super critical um, living a healthy life is as an absolute must. And so, um, so I love sharing that, that that character is absolutely necessary. So it's who you are that gets you hired. It's what you do that gets you fired. Thank you so much for for sharing that, Lena. So here in the technological environment or ecosystem, I always raise the, my hand and ask CEOs or members of you know executive boards, what can we do to be more diverse? Right. So sometimes they they look at me like puzzled, like oh, what is this guy talking about? You know, and and I, it's and unfortunately uh, maybe because I'm six foot and two hundred plus. <laughs> pounds heavy I can be intimidating when I ask that question and even if I have the the most sincere intention to just to help and I notice that people around me all of them Caucasian like uh, getting uncomfortable like <clears throat> thinking that I, I was gonna, gonna start, start a riot or something like that now you you mentioned something very important is that uh, some somehow we need to make ourselves relatable without compromising our own culture. Is there a way that would you would recommend to do that? And then I'm going to ask you to those of our listeners who happen to be Caucasian and haven't had a lot of uh, contact with our community, what they can do to open themselves to more Latinos, Latinx, Ibero-Americans, however, however we define these days. You know, I think one is I definitely, and picking back off the servant leadership, is learn how to listen with your heart. Oh, okay. Right? So not just with your ears, like, oh, okay, you're, you know, you're Mexican. Oh, okay. Right? And not, that's just, these are just words. But find out who that person is. Like, how, who, are, who are they, right? Um, find out who they are in character. And why do I say that is because you're going to find that Gonzalo will do anything to help you, right? And so... That is servant leadership, and and also, what does that mean, being Latino? And um, you know, our, where where are you from, right? So some so sometimes our allies, right, our white ca- Caucasian counterparts, don't know that um, we are from different countries, mm-hmm. and so right. But also, our Latino community doesn't know that. And so uh, we went to Disney World with my stepsister, and I remember my my step family, and so. Uh-huh. When she didn't. She was kind of yelling back, and it was a little bit embarrassing because they they were um, saying, "De dónde eres? ¿De ustedes de México?" <laughs> and so they understood because they were from Costa Rica, Puerto Rico. <laughs> because we're from California, they assume, and it's a fair assumption, yeah. that um, you're from Mexico, right? Yeah. Oh, you, oh, California, you're Mexican American. <laughs> right? She goes, "I'm Mexican American," and they're like, "No, de dónde eres de México?" And she's <laughs> like, "I'm not from Mexico," and I'm like, "No." They're from East, Cal, you know, Eastern side of the United States, right? East mm-hmm. Coast. So their thought process is a little bit different that we're all from Mexico. It's a fair assumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that was some of their experiences with muchas personas de Mexico. And so, you know, but it's important to ask those questions, right? You know, what is, what part of your, 
you know, learn about someone's rich diversity, even in their own culture. Like, so I met, I bought like all this fruit yesterday and I go, and the guy goes, yes, I'm like, yes, it's a rich, we have a very rich culture and heritage. And so value each other from right there. And, And the way we start that Gonzalo is with each other as Latinos, respecting each other from where we come from, yes. whether it's corporate America or working in the fields, uh, where, you know, from every, every country. And we have to start with each other rather than being jealous, right? And yes. being crabs in the bucket, right? Yeah. And Gonzalo thinks he's better. I'm like, he didn't say that. Why did he say <laughs> that? Like, you know how hard he's had to work to get there, right? And learn to have what I say, seek understanding before being understood. And so our white allies can, you know, activate that thought process, understand, right? And so sometimes as Latinos, because we don't necessarily speak up in the marketplace and in corporate America, mm-hmm. that's seen as weak, right? That's seen as non, yeah. like we're not communicating. It actually works against us. And so one of the things we do is we respect authority and we respect different positions, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And so we're especially Latinas. And so... Um, and because I, it was even a story as I heard that about my grandmother, but she got upset with my, my Thea because my Thea was a coach for a, a for college team. And because she yelled at the umpire, my grandmother left the game going, no tiene vergüenza, like you are not to yell at authority. And she's like, mom, that's my job. <laughs> so my grandmother never supported her to watch her again because she didn't understand that. <laughs> but I see it a lot with Latinas because they're like, well, am I allowed to call Gonzalo? I'm like, mission right because we yeah. don't, we're not sure how to uh, navigate according so so to answer your question with um our white Caucasian counterparts it's super important to identify who our allies are who supports us um and then also learn how to you know learn to integrate both cultures right and being respecting each other's culture respecting our own culture because yeah. sometimes even our own culture we're our worst enemies we really are yeah isn't that sad <laughs> it is right and so every day doing our best to you know to share what what our culture means to us whether we're speaking spanish maybe making the food that we're making listening to vicente fernandez in the car <laughs> whatever that might be for you um and then any opportunity you can to share with your you know our our caucasian counterparts but also asking them you know what is that you know, maybe they, maybe because they, they only saw a small scope of, you know, maybe they think Latino gangsters, ask them why they see, why do you think that, right? You can even hear in some of the comments, but guess what? We make those same comments. Some, yeah, unfortunately about different cultures within our culture and the, the criticism is there. And, and that is sad, to be honest. And that just divides us instead of you know, uh, helping us build that sense of community. So thank you for saying that, because if we start highlighting each other's uh, virtues, values, gifts, as you just described, we're just going to grow as a community. And thank you for sharing that with us, because sometimes we as Latinos don't like to hear that, you know. (laughs) And, And sometimes we need to look at ourselves and say, okay, we can improve in this and this and this, and and that's okay. We're we're making progress. We're we're not perfect, but that, that's okay. We can right. we can be better, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, you know. And so, um, I my friend Gabby, she's the president of the Latino Coalition, and so I always I always hear her endorsement. And this is how her endorsement goes: "Ni Gonzalo es él es una buena gente." Yeah. Right? So and so I share that because we say that in our culture, like that character, that's an endorsement for somebody. Yes. Like Gonzalo's una buena gente. <laughs> but that is also how we say it in corporate America. Who are you in character? Right? How are yes, you exactly. in leadership? And so it's important that we 
we don't, we don't think of it that way. We're like, no, that just means they're a good person. I'm like, but how much weight does that carry in our culture? A lot oh, of weight. A lot of weight. It's, it's the, the relationship of trust. So I have my, my brother-in-law, he's from El Salvador. He's a computer security specialist. He's very successful in that. So I was asking him about a specific IT project. And I told him, well, I wanted to target our people. So what do you think? He told me, you know, our market, and he, he lives in Houston, is still, still the same. They're going to buy it because you tell them that, that it's good if they know you. The memory, the speed, all the features of the, of the gadget, of, of the hardware, are not going to matter. It's just two things. Are you going to solve their problem? And do they know you well or, or your character? Are you going to hand enough so, so I can trust you to, to buy it? You know? So those are things that we need to cultivate and also we can translate like you just said in corporate language if you will is character you know right when a gente means <laughs> character right yeah lena thank you so much for giving me the honor of uh being here needless to say uh you have an admirer and a follower now and please come back whenever you want thank you absolutely thank you There you have it, folks. That was our episode today. Now, whether you are Latino or Latina, Black, Asian, European, White, Yellow, Purple, African, or whatever, go out there and recognize the equity you have in your background. Be a leader, prone to serve, not just to rule. Build other leaders around you. This way, you're not only growing as a human being, you are creating and strengthening a great community. Thanks for listening. This is Pino Latino.